Welcome to the Director's Commentary Podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I'm Grant Howitt, and I'm joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. In these episodes, we'll be going through the text of the book and discussing how we came to design the game. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Exploration, that's the name of the game, and I want to play the game with you. Thanks. It means a lot to me. That's good. Yeah, this is Delving. Kind of a big thing. Yeah, didn't you have rules for it? No. (laughs) And then we did, and they were bad. Well, they weren't there, really. It was just a series of challenges, rather than something. As we spoke about, we put in uh, mechanics for... What if we treated everything like it was a baddie? And therefore, you can erode, you can basically erode hit points from a delve, which leads to some kind of Kama Sutra approach to language. Approaches to language, <laughs> like you have to you have to really sort of bend yourself around to get in, like to, to get to get the sentences to make sense with the terminologies that we've invented. But you know, it's okay. It does the thing. Uh, we've received a few questions about boons and banes. Yeah, like, it, I don't I, I don't think anyone's understood them. I don't think so. No. We, we must have written it badly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter that much, really. It's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's a means of directly doing. I don't know. It's fine. Heart is made up of, uh, of of two kinds of locations. There are delves or connections, and there are landmarks. And something which we wanted to sort of stress, and which, which, I, which I think we managed to get across, is that landmarks are permanent. Isn't quite the right word, but more permanent than delves. Yeah. Given that, like, if you if you leave a landmark and then come back to it, you can presume it'll be the same when you come back. But delves are in this sort of weird mishmash. Like they, they operate on terms of themes rather than geography. Yeah, very much so. And those themes change wildly with tiers. Yeah. So tiers are a fairly important thing to understand in mm. in the game. Um, it ranges from uh, zero to four. Technically, there are two other categories, but those are the basic categories. And tier zero is Spire, basically. Not the heart in any way is tier zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you'll have noticed uh, earlier in the book, there are generic rules for each tier. There's a sort of suggested stress dice for the tier um, mm-hmm. and things like that. And as you go down, it gets more difficult. This is literally mm. like turning the difficulty up on the game. Mm. So the stress dice goes up, the, th- the the chances of you meeting something dangerous go up, all of that sort of things. So yes, tier, tier zero is the Spire. Tier one is Derelictus, and the area's just around that and outside of it. So it's fairly shallow. You've only got some heart there. Mm. So as, as, as you'll see in the examples on page 99, you've got like the tunnels to the home nations. Like a lot of the refugees from Spire have been through these tunnels and are mm. not heart tainted. Yeah. Tier two is where it goes weird. Mm. This is real heart town. This is where you get places like high rise, like cities underneath the uh, underneath the ground with skies and madness, and it it's bonkers. Then you got tier three, which you can't see, but I'm shrugging. Yeah. Like that's the rule. That's the rules of of tier three. Um, if if like you want something utterly insane, bung it on tier three. Yeah, like we've uh, got forests and shit down there. There's forests. You've got pyramids. Uh, the chambers of the ligament queen. Oh yeah, the pyramid. 
Yeah. We just stopped talking about that. We did. That, that had a, the Crucible of Sumner, which I which I presume is Gordon Sumner, also known as Sting. That's where he's forged. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got Tier 4. Yeah, which is a real shrug. Which is an absolute shrug, because we literally don't know what's there. We don't. Yeah, we don't. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out, I think. But also, there's no answer we could give which would be interesting enough. Yeah, absolutely. Which would also match with the flexible reality that we've established throughout the rest of the game. We've given you a bunch of things that the heart could be. Mm. Honestly, don't pick one. Just wait until one of your players goes, you know, I reckon the heart is. Mm -hmm. They're correct. I reckon it's just ham. Fuck. (laughs) God damn it again. Fuck. Every time. Okay, so the ham elemental comes towards you wielding a powerful ham sword. (laughs) Ham, it says. Fractures. Mm. That's next. Fractures are other places. So my favourite thing, aside from an overclocked mech suit uh, and a magic (laughs) system which hurts you, is a shit other world. Mm -hmm. I love other worlds that are are fantastical in as much as they don't make sense in, in, in like reality terms, but not brilliant. Like, if I've got a floating castle, I want it to be barely floating. Yeah. Or I want it, like, like yeah, there's a floating castle somewhere under uh, somewhere under the shantytown that the goblins built on it. Absolutely. And now they crash it, in, they crash it into other castles and, and the, take bits. The great thing about Fractures is that you can do what the damn hell you like with them. Yeah. You want some sci-fi in your game? Congratulations, that's in a Fracture. Yeah. Like, just do it. I, nobody cares. You say You say you can do whatever you like with them. I did, and it made it into the book. <laughs> That's very true. And I pushed hard for the eight heavens. Mm-hmm. And they're not in heart. Well, they are, hmm, okay, metaphysics is difficult. And uh, The point is, it. the membrane between worlds is thin yeah. within and the heart. the world between worlds! Yeah. Uh, so... I just got to come up. I got to write a bunch of heavens, and then, like, with the understanding that players might be able to kick in the door. Yeah, um, and as you're seeing there, you, you'll actually you'll see things like this: the City Eternal, the Grail Road in the in the examples, and also my absolute favourite location. And this is all of the details of it. And this is a geographical location: midnight on the eve of our demise, and other poems. <laughs> that's it. That's all that's in the book of that. But isn't yeah, it lovely? And, and you know, I've got my I've got my own theories what it is, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> but I'll never tell. I'll never tell. I mean, this would be the opportunity where I could tell them. I mean, that's yeah, like a, like a, like an Easter egg. Yeah, it's a uh, so it's, it's from my own uh, heart campaign that I ran, and the idea is that there was this is Elphia who worshipped the hungry deep, which is nihilism crossed with Nurgle, you know, and they uh, they ascended into this glorious sort of dust angel state. But it was such a traumatic experience for them and the cult which they had to sacrifice to get there um, that they that they wrote a poem about it while they were doing it. And then that poem is in the heart. And now that poem is the reenactment of their final hour of life over and over. And you can go there. Isn't it lovely? I'm glad I explained. That makes lots of sense. Right? That's perfect. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the sort of crap you can get away with in heart. It's really fun. And you can push that even further with Rogue. Mm. This shit doesn't even have a location. You can have them turn up to meet people. It's great. Open your front door. Congrats, you're on tier three now. The Grendel Hunting Clubs are my absolute favourite rogue location. Let's let's hold off on talking about the clubs until we actually get to the 
to the um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of them talking about specific landscapes until we yeah. hit the specific places themselves. Is there anything else you'd like to say about delves? Uh, I think we should talk about actual delves, like mm. rather than just the tears and stuff. The delves are how you get between places, right? Mm. So it's we've spoken about how it's it's essentially a big bag of hit points that you deplete by doing actions that get you further along the path. Mm-hmm. This is running, jumping, climbing trees. If you want to run a combat on it, you run the combat and then give them a boon mm-hmm. based on how hard the combat was. Yeah. If they lose the combat and make it out, you give them a bane, which extends the mm-hmm. com- which, which extends the delve and starts knackering their resources more. Or also uh, the I think the most the most common bane uh, in if, for me would, would be like, oh we're, we're going to hang back here and try and treat our wounds. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, they, if they stop any, for any reason. Yeah. And that's it. That is the Delve rules. Like, it's... They're real simple. Mm. It's the, the the thing that gets misunderstood the most, I think, is, as you've said, boons and pains and mm. when to assign those. Mm. And if it's going to slow them down, it's a bane. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't directly affect the Delve, but they did well at it, give them a boon. Might as well, eh? That's how that works. Or like, um, like uh, if they want to, one one option is you say, oh, there's there's some resources, uh, some, some resources. That's not how it's pronounced. Some resources, <laughs> no resources over there, and um, unfortunately, it's kind of out your way, and so and and so like okay, so, so like you, can, you can you can go and clear that place out, but it will act as a D eight bane. And you can offer them that, and so it's kind of a fun risk reward thing, and you sort of keep maybe like keep the, keep the amount that you've added secret until they find out. You know, yeah, and it, and because it's because it's always one dice, mm. it can be one, mm. which is completely negligible. But if it's a if it's a d eight, eight is a problem. One one challenge with delves is that there, there's only three in the book. Because. Yes. Because delves are by necessity a, a liminal space between two main things. We wanted them to be interesting when you're on them, but not interesting enough to warrant sticking around. They're not where your game should be set. Absolutely not. No, and like like it's, it's a bit like we don't we don't really have rules for corridors in our games. No, but there must be corridors, right? So it's like like uh, I think like in in un, in Unbound this uh, this we had a it was a generic. Um, pulp system we wrote and there were not rules for fighting in corridors it's like you only have fights in interesting places and if there's, if there's a corridor then that's just a place you, that's a place you'll travel to you'll travel through en route to somewhere where, where you'll have a fight unless for some reason the corridor was specifically interesting at which point yeah. it was its own location yeah and then it says the, the, the blood corridor or the knives corridor you know the upside down corridor or that corridor from old boy mm, that one you know the one and so we couldn't, because the heart is completely random as to how you make it up, not random, it's up to you, but then there's tears, because the heart is constructed by the GM and the players as they go through it, we couldn't really have example delves. So what we've got is, we've tried to, tried to write you a robust guide on jamming together two landmarks and then extrapolating. It's like, like, you, like you imagine it's, it's like two bits of um, foam. Two bits of like of, of, of like latex foam that you smush together, and then sort of pull them out, and it, it, it sort of creates like strings of latex. That's a delve. <laughs> Sorry, actually, Chris, can I try again? Please. It's like getting two pizzas and smashing them into each other face first. 
Now, the face of the pizza is the top of the pizza. Okay, and where, where are the olives in this? Oh, well, they're, they're in between the two sides. Okay, and what do they, re- what do they represent? The olives are NPCs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anchovies are boons. Makes Pineapples sense. are bane. Sorry, hams are bane. Pineapple, I don't care. You know what? It just I, isn't here. Yeah, it isn't here. It's not here. Pineapples in a sci-fi game. <laughs> Pineapples are aliens. Good. So I hope that makes sense. No. Good. Well, okay. So, so like the the challenge the challenge with those is that we can't really come up with examples for them because they're going to be. If we make them too interesting, they're a landmark. Would would you would you like me to try and to try and take your analogies and make them comprehensible? Okay, but I'm going to keep thinking about this delicious pizza sandwich I've made. That's entirely fine. Mm-hmm. Essentially, each landmark is a color, and we don't know what color. But it's going between it and another colour. So it's fading and mixing in the mm. middle. So we can't say that like a red to green or red to blue delve. Mm. Because we don't know what colours it's going to be. But if it's if it's a, if it's red at one end and blue at the other, it's going to be purple in the middle. That's much more elegant than my pizza. It's slightly more elegant. It's still badly yeah. described by me. But the point is that as you go th- as you go through a delve. You're going to start off in one domain. So let's just say that the landmark is a technology landmark. And you're you're going to fade out of technology Mm -hmm. and into the other domain Mm -hmm. with your descriptions, with your narrative, with your adversaries, all that sort of stuff. And the interesting bit is that traversal, is that switch between the domains and that weird mixing of colours in the middle. Mm. And that's where things get really interesting. But yeah, it's it's hard to describe. Mm. I really like that colours. Thank you. Um, example. I really wish we put it in the book. Thinking about it now would be great, huh? Oh well. Uh, dear reader, please take a pen and write it in somewhere. Just, just, <laughs> just like, just like a rough approximation of what Chris just said. Yeah, and then just write love, Grant and Chris, hugs yeah. and kisses. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Moving on. Filling out your map. Yeah. You should do that. Is basically what this section says. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> Like we we don't have rules for the, for the map. There's not a lot of rules there, and like we we do have a lovely um like hard hard like thick cardboard printed map, and we have uh, stickers to go on it and hex grids, and we had, we had to sort of strike a balance between being like the hexes being big enough to be visible but small enough that we could fit a lot on the on the uh, on the board. And as we've said before, reuse your damn maps, people. If you're having yeah. multiple games, like put stickers over the top of each other. And if they if they've got fortune fallout, take the map away from them. Yeah. Now you don't know where you're going. I I was kind of impressed at how many people asked for asked for reusable stickers. Yeah. The point of stickers for me is that they're stuck there. And yeah. like we wanted we wanted to make this into this sort of legacy experience. And like I was so like like we've got this we've got these really beautiful maps, and they do work as a centerpiece. You can fold it out around the table, and so and so in the center of the table, and you can see where you are. You get this lovely visual representation of, of where your game is and where like where you're going, where you've been, etc. But what I what I was what I was pushing for, um, and I think like we ended up dialing it back because it was not again it was not core rules, was having this legacy system where it changed and grew over successive campaigns. Mm-hmm. And we we have that in as much as just use the same map, so there is a legacy in as much as you make your own version of the heart, then you go back in there, and then maybe the GM has a different group, but they go in and play around the edges of that as well, and sort of sync up their their adventures. But it's not yeah, it's not hugely complex. 
there's not a lot of rules for like walking or distances or mapping or scale. No, because again, like one of our core tenets is to skip to the fun part. Mm. And yeah. corridors aren't fun. What happens no. when what what happens in the next room is fun? Mm. Because if you're going to tell me that a trap in a corridor is fun, you're a liar. <laughs> Even if it's got a puzzle attached to it. Especially if it's got a puzzle attached to it. Yeah. You don't, you don't have any talking traps, do you? Have you got any talking pet traps or dart traps? It's just, just drops in a hole and then just berates you. You stupid prick. <laughs> Your brother would have done it better. <laughs> I've got him on the phone. You can't get anything right. Damien, Damien, talk to your brother. Tell him how much better you are than him. Tell him what you earn, Damien. An old-style Baker-like phone slams down. It's just lowered slowly down, like <laughs> like in bursts. It's not a smooth motion. Yeah, put that in the game. There you go. There you go. Best trap, and, best trap and role-playing. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, now, the next bit is the gem section, which is already us talking directly to the reader. So let's see how that one goes, huh? <laughs> been listening to the director's commentary podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I was Grant Howitt, and I was joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. For more information on Heart, and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Music